Welcome to the Unshrew Show. I'm back. This is Dana. And thank you for listening. <laughs> I am recording at my normal morning time in my normal morning spot. And I have some apple juice and macaroon tea with me. I was looking through my pantry and realized I still have a lot of Tiavana loose leaf tea left, even though they closed maybe a couple years ago. And I'm trying to milk it out until the last drop or the last... I don't know, what would you call it? Last ounce, because we used to sell things in ounces at Tiavana when I worked there. Anyway, welcome again. And I am so excited because I just saw my very first Star Wars movie in theaters. I know a couple podcasts back when I was talking about my Disney Plus watch list, I mentioned how I really wanted to see all the Star Wars movies. I was going to actually buy the box eggs. I was like, I feel like I'm missing out on this part of pop culture. By not seeing the films, of course, I knew all of the the top level stuff. Like I knew like Darth Vader was Luke's father, but I didn't really know Luke and Leia were twins. And then I didn't know hardly anything about Han Solo um, or, you know, Lando. Like how do they all fit into this story? So I took it upon myself to watch all the films. I had seen a couple before I got Disney Plus. I saw Solo in theaters, which I thought was really good. Um, and then I also saw, what is it? The Rise of the Jedi and the first one of the last new sequels, I'd say episode, what, seven. Can't remember the name of it right off the top of my head, but episode seven, uh, I saw that one too with Ray and Finn and their introductory stories. Um, and yeah, I was just like, I don't know all the parts of this and I'd love to kind of understand what's happening. Wikipedia calls Star Wars an epic space opera film. And so I would say that's kind of what it is. It's like a space opera, but it's kind of soapy. Some parts of it is, but then they have like a lot of special effects. Um, I'm really glad I got the chance to watch it. Now I don't feel as left out on what's going on. And of course, I went down this long rabbit hole of articles about Star Wars and the fandom and all of those things. So I'm not going to jump into that right now. <laughs> I'm going to focus this podcast on the rise of Skywalker. So how did I feel seeing it in a, in a theater? I felt really like I was in the know, like I tried to avoid all the spoilers on Twitter. I made sure I went to see it Friday and I didn't read any reviews. Um, so my thing about movie reviews is some of them are really awesome. Some of them are kind of subjective or, you know, biased to an extent. Um, and I think something like a Star Wars review, unless you're really into the, the realm of the world, you might not appreciate it or you might totally hate it. And I think the reviews just kind of ran all over the place. However, I think that there is progress between the way that this story was told and the people that the story was about versus some of the older stories, like the casting and the the people in the film were way more diverse. And I appreciated and liked that a lot. There were women of color in the movie. And I feel like in the earlier Star Wars movies, I did not see that. And we want to be in movies like this, too. So I appreciated them being there. Another thing that I noticed is... Um, I don't know. I think Star Wars kind of, kind of, you know, like there's romantic parts there, but they don't really dive deep into relationships. But I think this one, it kind of, you know, maybe it was a little bit deeper on the relationship level. I felt like there were a couple unrequited feelings like Rose, I think likes Finn. And I also didn't like how Rose didn't have a major part in this movie where she, she was a little bit more prevalent in the last one. But anyway, Rose seems to like Finn. 
But Finn seems to like Ray. But Ray is really drawn to Ben, not Kylo Ren, but Ben Solo. There's something drawing her to him. But Kylo Ren is gaslighting Ray. So that's a whole different thing. And then Poe likes Zuri Bliss, who is Carrie Carrie Russell's character, who never takes off her mask. But we could see her eyes and I could hear her voice. I was like, oh, that's Carrie Russell. Um, I, I think that maybe Star Wars does this on purpose, which is actually a really good idea because nowadays you can get so much feedback from people online. You don't have to survey anyone. You can literally just use social listening and listen to the conversations. This is me as the marketer creeping in on this podcast that's supposed to be about the rise of Skywalker. Anyway, you can use social listening find out which plot holes people really latched onto and then build a whole new universe multiverse on Disney plus you don't have to put it out to theaters you don't have to spend all that money marketing it I mean Disney is a genius right that's probably what they're gonna do so one of the plot holes that I noticed was Zuri and Poe talking about Poe's past and then the fact that they can continue on this story by just focusing on if so Zuri and Poe have a future like that's a really great storyline and there was another continuation storyline of um Janna who's this warrior that they meet um as they're trying to you know get to the problem <laughs> she has beautiful beautiful natural curly hair and um she's a woman of color and she kind of seems to be feeling thin a little bit they they fight down um they fight down on the death star to bring down the navigation room or navigation tower yeah it's a lot there was a lot of countries and people and places that they mentioned in this movie that it was a lot I feel like I almost had to have a pen and paper to remember everything but that's neither here nor there so at the end of the movie Jana and Lando are sitting next to each other and he asks her where she's from and you know who are her people and she's like I don't know he was like well let's find out so that's a continuation avenue of things I think uh Kylo Ren's fall to darkness could possibly be a continuation I really liked Adam Driver as Kylo Ren but there was a lot of the story where I think he was right and Ray didn't want to listen to him but I think his approach to it was all wrong because he was trying to tell Ray, like, let's take down Palpatine together, which, okay. And he also knew that Ray was Palpatine's granddaughter. Spoiler. Well, if you haven't seen it, I'm going to preface this with spoilers because I'm going to spoil the movie if you haven't seen it or want to see it. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, Ray is Palpatine's granddaughter, which makes sense because Kylo Ren is Darth Vader's grandson and so I don't know why I didn't think of that a little bit sooner but Kylo Ren tries to convince Rey that they should kill Palpatine and rule together and sit on the throne together and I think ultimately they did they should take down Palpatine because he's really evil and he wanted to bring all the Siths back um yeah I'm getting I'm getting my Star Wars lingo on <laughs> so he wanted to bring all the Siths back and take over and rule in darkness and terror and hate and fear um, where Ray was like, nah, that's not what I'm supposed to do. But there was a part of her that felt called to darkness. Um, and I think if Kylo Ren as Ben would have kind of tried to talk to her and be like, hey, 
let's take him down together. There was just so many things she didn't understand as he was telling her this. And then the approach to it again, to rule and fear with terror and bring the sits back was definitely not the way, but ultimately in the end, they did have to take down Palpatine and there was something about them being two as a force that was so powerful um, that yeah, Palpatine was trying to take it from him. Like, Oh, I got y'all both. But you know, ultimately, he wasn't able to destroy uh, either one of them. They they did live long enough to after him for him to not take them down. So those are kind of two, a couple avenues of continuation that maybe the series could take. I mean, it's Disney. I'm pretty sure they've already thought about what they're going to do next. And if they haven't, using the conversations online, they can definitely come up with some things that tell them what people want to see more of and what because what people really loved about the movie enthusiasts and people who are just like whatever um like I said I I heard there are a lot of negative reviews I don't think it has the best score but I ultimately thought that there was more good to the movie than bad and I wouldn't give it a negative review I'd give it maybe like a b or a b plus I think it was decent I think there were some parts I just felt like we're a little hmm side eye ish like the one part where Palpatine confronts Ray um Ray comes to him to take him down and he tells Ray well if you kill me um that the reason you're killing me is because I'm putting that anger and frustration into you and as soon as I die my evilness is basically going to transfer to you so I had a problem with that for a couple reasons because I felt like he was trying to police her emotions and I also felt like he was trying to say that Jedi's can't feel frustrated or angry and want to destroy things I mean I know it's not the happiest of feelings but sometimes you have to let things die within you in order to let the good live so I didn't see how he could definitely say that that part of her was him he could take credit for her emotions Uh, I noticed some people talking online about how they felt like a lot of the story was used to uh, better position men. The story for the women was better to position the men within the story, like Palpatine, like Kylo Ren and Rey, um, like Rose and Finn. And I think some of those dynamics are did exist there, like when Zori gives... um, Poe her key which is basically the only way she was going to get out of a negative environment essentially she gives it to him so he can leave the planet almost that country so he can leave the planet and instead she kind of says like I'll just stay here you can have it you need it more than me after he'd already double crossed her before so I was kind of feeling some kind of way about that it's like why does she have to give up her freedom to free you and your friends And she doesn't even come with you. And she helps you get to where you want to get and get information out of the droid. So it's like, yeah, I think that was a little problematic. (laughs) Uh, I did notice how J.J. Abrams directed this movie and Carrie Russell's in it. And also another guy from Felicity, the, was it the landlord? I was like, oh, it's like a little mini Felicity reunion. I'm feeling it for sure. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I thought that was, that was interesting. Is it? what's his name no that's not him (laughs) I was trying to find his name so I could say it on here but it was like a little mini Felicity reunion I was like I caught that little I caught that little dig the little subtleness of that uh and I thought it was pretty cool that he was in there he was on the good side uh, of the resistance so yeah another thing that I really liked about the movie was 
I liked how there were more women than previous movies. I mean, the women kind of took the lead in the role. Like Leia is the general and as a mother, she kind of knows her son. So I thought that was really interesting. She's like, I know, you know, what, what he is, what he's capable of. I mean, after the last movie, I definitely thought, or actually after the first movie, I was like, man, Kylo Ren is straight savage. Cause he killed his dad. Like he killed Han Solo. And I was like, man, that's trash. But they, even Han and Leia both like saw the Ben in him and they felt like he had been manipulated to be this evil person that in deep down inside he really wasn't and they both tried to like talk talk him out of it Han went to him to be like son I know my son Ben is still in there and that moment was mirrored in the rise of Skywalker because he comes back to him in a ghost I guess is that a ghost form yeah yeah it was a ghost I guess (laughs) so he comes back to him as like a ghost he's like you're my son Ben Kylo Ren is dead you can be Ben again and he tell like he basically talks the evil out of him I guess (laughs) um and I like that he tried to use the last bit of his force to save Ray um to help her out but I really thought, I didn't think that Ben was going to die. I thought that him and Ray would live on. But it kind of just seems like Star Wars movies, to an extent, have the same plot in some ways. Because it was a lot like the first movie where Darth Vader saves Luke because it's his son and then he dies. And so it's like Palpatine tried to kill Ben And then Ben has like just a little bit of life in him left and he uses that little bit of life in him to save Ray and then he dies and he floats away. So yeah, very similar, right? (laughs) Very similar. Um, yeah, very similar. So I, I, yeah, the more I think about it, it's so similar kind of plot lines and parallels, but yet we still watch these movies. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think, I think the redeeming quality about this film is that they did it better. It wasn't an exact duplicate of the, 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 that previous film. And I think it was episode six. It wasn't a straight up duplicate of episode six, but it was a good modern interpretation of some of the things they could have done better back then. And, uh, a sign of the times because back then I don't think people had an objection to Leia wearing that bikini whereas you haven't seen any other women dressed in that way in future installments or they didn't have an objection with there being such little diversity because people didn't notice those things and I think we're just in a different time now and I don't think you ever would have seen a female heroine in the first six films which would be yeah episode one through six like there really wasn't a strong female fighter I mean Natalie Portman kind of but she was still kind of like second fiddle to Anakin um yeah it's a lot like there's a lot of layers to these movies and I commend people who are like super fan enthusiasts like I didn't realize the stormtroopers were bad guys until I really started watching the Star Wars movies I just would see people in cosplay for stormtroopers and I didn't know they were the bad people yeah so um another thing I noticed is I feel like the the force parallels a lot about 
religion and Christianity and the force is kind of like the Holy Spirit. At least that's the feeling I got from it is, you know, the good that comes out of you when you're feeling the force and the thing, the power that you hold when you have it in your hands. I think that those, those things definitely, you know, showed, shined a lot to me. I felt like Kylo Ren was a little bit self-righteous and narcissistic. And it's funny because I started Googling about like Kylo Ren mental health. And there's like all these psychology today articles that kind of analyze characters now, um, which are some of the signs that I saw. I was like, Ooh, man, he's kind of gaslighting her with these, like, I know who you are, but I'm not going to tell you, uh, visions because I'm pretty sure he knew who she was long before he actually told her. And I get it having discernment about like sharing, you know, um, important information with someone, but he used it to his benefit. And so I definitely think he was gaslighting her and telling her like, we're meant to be almost kind of, yeah, in a creepy way. Like we're meant to be, we're going to do this together. And she's like, dog, are we, are we? (laughs) Yeah. So you know, it made me kind of feel some kind of way about, about that. But I definitely think he had some tendencies. Um, I mean, he was the bad guy. So yeah, but I think sometimes his inexperience got the best of him. And a lot of the story, the last, you know, couple episodes was about him growing up a little bit. And this was kind of like the sign of his ultimate maturity, just like sacrificing himself to save her. They kiss at the end, which I thought was, was, uh, was inevitable. I think they've just always felt drawn to each other and attracted to each other. And that's kind of awkward, but it's also makes sense. Um, they just can't be away from each other to an extent. They, you know, yeah. Um, I think that he's just suffering from himself. Like sometimes we're our own worst enemy. And I think that that's why he was wearing that mask all the time. Yeah. And I remember one of, who was that telling him? Like, oh, was it Snoke? Who was like, take that mask off. <laughs> um, but yeah, he wears that mask and then his face gets all kind of, messed up after the first um battle that they have in the force Awakens. so it is i mean i i get why people are so into this i think it's a really it's a really big part of pop culture like the the visual effects are what well, they're just stunning and i think that the the time difference was it like 30 years between the episode six and episode one yeah so I remember episode one come kind of coming out right when I was uh I want to say in high school and I just didn't get it I don't think I was really into it I remember seeing the characters like uh what is it BB-8 R2-D2 they always presented like the Oscars I'm like oh you know whatever robots well they're droids but droids are robots right <laughs> um yeah, I'd be like, oh, Star Wars. I mean, they're recognizable characters, and Chewbacca, I recognize him too. But after watching it, I kind of get why there was such a weight between the, the the stories. I was reading that he wanted the visual effects to catch up to the story he wanted to tell. So imagine writing something and then being able to refine what you're writing 
all that time before you go into production of the film. I think that's a pretty, pretty cool process because you have all this time to really think through the details of how did this person, which episodes one through three kind of explored where Anakin came from and how he was an orphan and how he ends up training as a Jedi and how he ends up being manipulated into becoming an evil person and you know the revenge of the Sith and so I think that that's pretty cool like that's a pretty cool story to tell is like I made this movie in like the 70s and 80s and I can come back in the late 1990s and early 2000s and continue that story of why this person is the way that they are how they got to be this way why they were that mask because the last couple moments of I want to say Revenge of the Sith they get the mask on him and they end up you know showing why he wears it why he needs it because he does need it and yeah it's episode three so Revenge of the Sith like yeah it kind of shows the final battle between him and Obi-Wan Kenobi and how he becomes what he is when we see him in episode four yeah I'd say it's pretty cool I mean I think George Lucas is awesome for having created this whole ecosystem of what it is and getting all this fandom around it so it's definitely commendable and pretty cool that we're all into this thing and that it has such legs I mean merchandise video games it's a lot it's it's definitely inspiration to me as a creator did you guys see the rise of Skywalker what did you think faves dislikes all those things. I'm so glad that you listened to this episode and I can't wait to be back for you guys. I'm currently in planning mode for 2020 and I have a lot of cool stuff lined up. So I can't wait for you guys to listen in and yeah. If you want to follow me, I am the great Dana J on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. My blog is thegreatdanaj.com. And if you love my show, you can give me a five-star rating. Hope it's five-star or feedback on what you think could be a little bit better. Thanks for listening and I will talk to you soon. Bye.